You know what that sound means, John? Viewer mail. Mail's in. Mail's in. Mail's in. Yes, this was your idea for an episode. Uh, was the mail piling up in our inbox? Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't my idea. You're the one that started the idea of Ask Us Anything, and then oh, that, that's right. that turned into this. Okay, well, let's start over. You know what that sound means? That's viewer mail. That was my idea. It was your idea. Ask yeah. us anything. Okay. Here we are. Here we are. Well, yeah, we do have quite the full inbox these days, which is awesome. We're hearing from people literally all over the world. Right. Uh, we've got a new Kiwi correspondent, by the way, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which is interesting. Uh, someone hailing from, well, just about every continent now. That's pretty cool. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to open up the mailbag, pull something out, read the question, and then we're going to address it on the fly, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> we got a couple of landmines uh, in there. I could tell you that um, I don't know if we're being trolled, but I do know that uh, <laughs> we have to uh, probably step carefully here. So, are we being set up? You mean? Well, no. It's I think it's the obvious question. It's the question that you see the prevailing argument that goes on uh, in the, all the Facebook groups. Yacht or yacht? Yeah, and all the variations of that. So, mm-hmm. yep. Well. You want to kick us off here with uh, viewer mail item number one? All right, here we go. Mail's in. So this is uh, listener Michael sent us uh, just about a little over a week, week and a half ago, and he has a multiple-part question, and I guess we'll deal with them maybe one at a time. First one is, why do people hate and label Jimmy Buffett as Niat? Like I said, (laughs) I mean, that is one of the most obvious ones. He says, I'm not a fan of his, but his sound is surely close. Um, are we qualified to answer this, these questions? That one, I think we are. Well, you know what's funny? Because just today, you said that came a couple weeks ago. Just today, somebody was in the Facebook group saying, I know it's not Yacht Rock, but please explain to me why it's not smooth. And why yeah. do people hate Buffett? Going back to a couple episodes ago where I said the word smooth can be a troublesome because it's unclear as to what it means. You True. Know, you can have a smooth, strummy song. But anyway, the reason that Buffett is not or is not <laughs> is... It's multi-tiered. Number one, yacht rock is not boat music. It doesn't have to be about being on a boat. It's not necessarily about listening to it on a boat. It isn't that vibe. Yacht rock is not beach music. Jimmy Buffett, at his core, is beach music. It's Florida Keys. Um, From a musical standpoint, it's predominantly songs that are sort of campfire strummed. You know, it's acoustic guitar strumming, then it's filled in around with some of the more uh, tropical elements, steel drum, marimbas, things like that. And again, none of those things are the sound of Yacht Rock either. And they're kind of um, tongue-in-cheek storytelling, which for the most part isn't really what Yacht Rock is lyrically. So mm-hmm. it, it just isn't because it's, because it's not. And it's about a, a, like a lifestyle, like a nautical lifestyle. Almost all, all of his songs, at least the popular ones that come to mind, the Margaritaville and the, yeah. you know, Changes in Latitude or whatever. Um, I think the, the, well, the other pro- troublesome word, though, goes back to the word yacht. Yeah, that, yacht that's rock. just what I was going to say. A lot of people come into Yacht Rock with that term in their head, and they even see the shtick that surrounds it, people in captain's hats and all that stuff, or saying, Did the, is the song on the boat? Is it not on the boat? <laughs> all of those Good things. Good thing we don't engage in that kind of uh, punditry. No, no, we do not. Get it? Punditry? That should be a ding. For punditry? It's not a pun. That's the pun. Oh, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just in general, people come into it from that lens and... That's a mislead because it is not – it's more about 
going back to the origination of it, they were sort of poking fun at the rich upper crust people that had yachts and what's the type of music they listened to. It doesn't mean it's supposed to put you mentally mm-hmm. on a boat. It's not about, you know, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, which, you know, <laughs> the boat sinks. It's not yacht rock, that's for sure. But, it's but yeah, not coconut boat. does belong on the boat, you're saying. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. No, no. Well, the other thing, though, too, in, I think that the OGs tried to create a boundary when they developed i don't know how to what extent they did but i know there's this playlist that they created called marina rock right which is a thing that buffett would belong on as would bertie higgins yes right yes it, which is all good music and equally quote-unquote smooth but going back to the yacht rock being soft rock i just heard this definition again the other day from listener mead i one of the four ogs described it as yacht rock is soft rock that acknowledges the existence of black music so it's mm-hmm. soft rock that has elements of R and B and or jazz. Now there's going to be some exceptions to this, of course, not, but yeah. that's at its core yeah. what it is. It has nothing to do with whether or not it's sunny out. Well, that yeah, that leads to another part of his question. Okay. And he says, so I don't understand then why um, sailing doesn't get a hundred percent across the board since it's pretty much the song that helped name the genre. But meanwhile, we have a listener, Joe, that said you should do a whole show on why sailing should not be on the boat (laughs) (laughs) because he thinks that it has the uh, cheesy orchestration at the beginning. He cites the Trojan horse lyrics, no bounce, uh, medium tempo. He says, do you hear any jazz, any R&B in it? So the existence of sailing in the Yacht Rock canon becomes troublesome at both ends. Yes, it is. That only exists in the broader context of Christopher Cross's catalog. Right. With the Michael O'Mardian, right. the working with Michael McDonald, all of the session yes. guys that they got involved with over the years. But that song in a vacuum, right? Let's say Bertie Higgins did that song. Everything else is the and same. That, that was sort of his point. He said if John Denver sang it, it would not be on. And Correct. that's true. Yeah. You, But you listen to it. And he's right. There's no bounce. There's no jazz. Other than he does mention like the bridge goes through multiple keys. But other than that, the main core of the song is not all that complicated. If you were to take that and say, compare it to his point is it's making it on the list because of the word sailing. And so we say, okay, then why not cool change? by mm-hmm. a little river band with all its boating imagery. If boating imagery gets you on, which we've all said it doesn't, how does sailing get in? Certainly not because it has bounce, jazz, R&B, or any of those things. So it's I'd, a problematic song. I'd like to phone a friend. Okay. I'd like to call JD. He's a friend? No, not okay. really. All right. I, I don't think he would consider that to be the case. But my, uh, listener Michael also mentioned Summer Breeze. Right. is one of the first Yacht Rock songs, which I don't think it is, actually. I if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. Um, Because of the sound, the instrumentation, the vocal, plus the feeling, it's not listed as yacht by most. And th- and that's because it's primarily a folky type song that mentions summer and has some nice harmonies. But really, it doesn't have jazz influence. It doesn't have the recording sheen. It doesn't have the bounce. So again, it because it says summer, because it says breeze, does not make it yacht rock. It might make it marina rock or right. something like that so it might make it an enjoyable listen in a small y small r yacht rock uh inspired right. playlist like i and we do know that all other yacht 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 rock uh, stations or or lists pretty much all of them have it on it absolutely and so you're being misled there right too right and sometimes i like being misled sure <laughs> going back to what we talked about a few that's episodes cool again, ago right misled right that's right yeah, okay all right anything else on listener michael and listener joe 
Uh, no, I think we can move on to the next one. You want to handle this one? Uh, I'm going to skip that one and let you handle it. Okay. I'm going to go into smoother waters. Okay. <laughs> Mail's in. Uh, I'm just going to go to uh, listener Kevin, because listener Kevin is a frequent contributor to the viewer mail inbox, um, which is not bad, but he's usually got great stuff that he's found or unearthed, and I'm just going to hit a couple of these. Okay. Consider these like suggestions. Um and listener Kevin. So the first thing he emailed me about not that long ago was um, I can't remember if we were talking about the song specifically, but the BG song "Love You Inside Out." Yeah, that was a cool version. Yeah, so he alerted us to a Feist version. If people don't remember who Feist is, do you know who Feist was? I, I, I kinda... knew the names like early two thousand sort of chill alternative female vocalist. Yeah, right. I think she kind of invented She's that Canadian, indie sound. You know, that indie vocal sound. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, but she came to popularity because one of her songs was in an Apple ad for ah, the iPhone yeah, or something. Yep, the one, yep. two, three, four song. Anyways, yep. here's a little uh, bit of inside and out, as she calls it on her record. Okay, so that's pretty good. Then Kevin goes on to alert us to, he said, I made a new discovery lately that I consider to have enough of the fundamental yachty elements. I hope he's got it right there. Yep. Uh, the song is What Am I Gonna Do by an English pop rock band called Sad Cafe right. from their 1980 self-titled LP. Were you familiar with Sad Cafe? Only I've seen the name around. It's 1984, actually. I looked it up, Okay, uh, I think. But um, one of the things that he pointed out was that uh, the singer is is named Paul Young. It, it, we need to distinguish. It's not the same Paul Young that had hits with, like, Every Time You Go Away and all that. The cover of the Hall and Oates tune. Yep. Yeah. But he did end up singing lead uh, for a period of time with uh, Mike and the Mechanics. But should we give it a listen? Which one? Hall and Oates? No, Sad oh, Cafe. Sad Cafe. Yeah, let's hit it. Uh, what am I going to do? And your thoughts? Well, I hear um, it certainly sits in the uh, Terrence Boylan sort of area of Yacht Rock. Mm, yep. um, it's kind of weird the way it goes back and forth from straight tempo to double time in the choruses. And it doesn't just like, it does it and stays there for a couple of bars and then it's back to halftime or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. it jumps around quite a bit. I think that would be a knock against it being considered smooth because it's a little herky-jerky in that way. Uh, I thought the lyrics and the harmonies and stuff are kind of on point. Um, has a, a wire choir intro. Yeah, that's you know? always a, a plus. I think it probably sits more in the AOR area than it does Yacht Rock for me. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I think it kind of has like the sonic... I shouldn't have said Sonic because now I'm going to say Soundscape <laughs> of Yacht Rock or AOR of the you know West Coast. Yes. So for that reason, I, I it's in category at least. I don't know if you know how technical we're being, but I probably also would not call it Yacht Rock yeah. necessarily. But I sure like the tune. So well, I was listening through some of their stuff, and I would say as a possible stowaway, I think the one that's closer is this one called La Di Da.
did the same. Yeah. And I would concur. All right. All right. Well, last uh, contribution from listener Kevin, and there are many more. So keep writing, Kevin. Appreciate it. But um, I was going to consider using this for off the map, but he's got some maple yacht for us. Mm. Says, I'm not sure how much you two have discussed Ian Thomas. And I think the answer to that is zero. Have we discussed Ian Thomas at all? Uh, mentions because he was connected with uh, Mark Jordan, so it came up back then because another Canadian. Yep. They were in a band together, I guess, at one point. Oh, were they? Yeah. Okay. Well, so he wanted to discover Canadian artists that have, un- that have gone under the radar uh, outside of Canada because they didn't break in the States or elsewhere. So well, we played his version of Hold On at one point. That was him? Which, yeah, which Santana covered. That's how I knew the yeah. name. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, he found a track, careful now, called Clear Sailing. Ooh. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what to think of this. Um, off his 1978 album, still here. Um, he, he says it has the fundamental fundamental yacht rock elements of e piano, shuffy, shuffling beat, uh, harmonies that are lush. Uh, does say the bridge veers into sticks territory with some proggy synth and a Tommy Shaw esque solo. So that notwithstanding, uh, what do you make of Clear Sailing? Let's hear a little bit of it. certainly a lot to like there uh, from a Yachty perspective. Mm-hmm. It definitely has that layered, uh, that David Foster layering of the roads in the uh, grand piano, and it's playing sort of a, maybe a modified slowed down um, doobie bounce sort of figure. Definitely, and mm-hmm. definitely recorded of that era. Not quite um, as crisp as the production you'd no typically um, expect out of L.A., but I don't know where this was recorded, but it's definitely Maple Yacht in my mind. Yeah, then maybe the the lack of crispness also comes from, um, to me, the, the drums feel a little slushy in performance by comparison to something like a Rick Murata would do or a Steve Gadd or Jeff yeah. Picard or something like that. So um, I wonder where the guys would rate this because it, it does go a little off the... Uh, rails in, in the middle, like you said. It gets a little, pro- not really proggy, but I, I definitely hear the sticks influence in the solo section. I would bet you this one's going to hover somewhere between 45 and 55. Hmm. I would think. Maybe I was going to say that. between 35 and 45. Okay. Even. But that's not a judgment on the song because no. I like the song and I think I did put it into my mix because it was close enough and always yeah. looking for new stuff. Well, that gives you a little sort of window into the mind of listener Kevin and he does find some interesting stuff. Whether it's yacht or not, it's very interesting. So, all right. Well, back to the third rail that you're about to touch. Yeah, let's open up another one. Okay. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mail's in. Uh, all right, mail's in. Well, um, I think this was listener Joe also. And we, we knew this, this question actually came to us in multiple different formats. We knew this one would be coming. 
uh, because it is the ever-present argument on Facebook, and it's about the Yatsky scale. And the overarching question is, should it be taken seriously at all? And um, this listener wrote in... Um, and he, his ideas were he his concern was that they're just the ratings are inconsistent. I don't understand why people give them enough worth because they didn't take the scale seriously when they started out making it, mm-hmm. which is probably partially true. It probably grew into something that wasn't what it was at the very beginning. I'd imagine. Um, so his arguments are that they didn't really have a set uh, scoring criteria, or that they weren't writing down their you know secret ballot sort of thing. They were saying their numbers out loud, maybe influencing each other. I think that's probably true. Um, You know, I guess his question is that it takes it too seriously. He says it was mostly done and done somewhat tongue-in-cheek, so he recognizes that. And yet you have people saying, well, that's not even on the boat. It only got X on the Yatsky scale. So this is where these arguments come from because we do have a mix of people that know the Yatsky scale or are interested in the Yatsky scale and those that have no idea what it is. And when somebody <laughs> comes and tells them that didn't score and they're like, what are you talking about scoring? Right. So um, I think that should it be taken seriously, as I've lived with it, we talked about this the last few weeks. The longer you live with it, the less you allow it to upset you when it doesn't match up with your preconception, mm-hmm. you live with it, you get a much better picture of what Yacht Rock really is. Um, you know, when you cross over that line, I wrote this down as I was just jotting down ideas. When you cross over the line where you stop trying to fit your favorite song into the genre. Never. Or you stop taking offense when your song is Nyat. Never. Then you start learning what Yacht Rock really is. Okay, it maybe. isn't just a pool for all your favorites from back in the day. Aww. Even if they are played or were played on the radio alongside these Yacht Rock tunes, that doesn't make them of the same genre. And you actually start to enjoy it more because it's about finding either those deeper cuts or you start hearing the threads of these different performers and these different songs and you start following about how all that intersects, how it all sort of commingles. And it's more of a study of what was below the surface mm. as opposed to the name that was on the front of the cover. So when you get past that, I want my favorite song to be a Yacht Rock song, it suddenly changes for you. And the Yatsky scale then starts to have value and make sense to you. I would agree with almost everything that you said, except for I would add Bertie Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say there. Well, that's the thing. There everything are, is true except add Bertie Higgins. There, I can go down the, the Yatsky scale and point out things that are just complete misses. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Phil Collins and Philip Bailey, uh, easy lover. Don't get that. N- don't, don't get that. But if you focus on that, you sort of miss the overall picture. It, so I'm of two minds of this. On the one hand, I went into this once I, like you said, most people are like, what is all the scoring? What is Everybody goes through yeah, this. And you're like, learning. this is Everybody. so aggravating. Yeah. But the more that you get to know it, the more that I would say, generally speaking, the framework that they've created is spot on, yes. generally speaking, yes. and is a good sort of guide and is fairly consistent for the most part. It's, uh, however, I also had to go through that phase where I had to stop worrying about the bomb. Yeah. You're right. Yep. To yep. use that old expression. Right. It's funny because I heard Listener Mead, who was a guest on Listener Kyle's shows, uh, Sailing with Captain Kyle, and they were sort of split. They were talking about how rigidly that they observe the rules of the Yatsky scale, right? Yeah. And so that it, it, you know, if a song's been rated, there's no debate. It, it either is or it isn't, right? And so they were in deference to the OG saying it's been scored. 
On the other hand, though, Mead says in, in the next breath, if you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong. Amen. Which is where I end up. And like, you know, who cares? Honestly. Well, I mean, they, yeah, the question is, well, are, you, are they taking the Yatsky scale too seriously? Or are those that are getting upset about their song not being yet, are they the ones taking it too seriously? Exactly, who right. Is, right? At the end of the day, I just want to listen to great music from 1976 to 1984 and yeah. and that's the other thing is understanding that if your song is not it doesn't it's not a knock against the song right it's it does not fit in this little window it doesn't make it a less than song though most of the time they are less than songs but all the with the Bernie Higgins exclusion <laughs> Exception, yes and then some eagles okay. right. eagles they're yacht oh yeah <laughs> it's on your boat right yes I well, actually have a yes. uh Email here from listener Don and listener Glenn, posthumously, listener Joe and listener, um, no, those are the Eagles. <coughs> yeah. All right. Are we moving on? I think we can There's move more on. to say. We can there's, spend there's, the whole... there's way too much to say on yeah. that, and it, it'll just be going around in circles. So okay. let's move on. Where do you want to go? I'm going to go um, to the other hemisphere. Mail's in. To listener Joe No. I thought this was cool. Yes. Uh, listener Jono says, hey, John and Tom, I'm a Kiwi who loves Yacht Rock. Good enough. Yep. Could have ended right there. Right. Last year, I made contact with fellow New Zealander listener Richard yeah. after hearing you guys mention him on your podcast. See how we're connecting people through music? Isn't this music wonderful? does that, right? We got into a knockdown drag out fight over whether Bertie Higgins was... <laughs> no, no, that's... <laughs> I tracked him down. Yeah. Nice. And we began regularly chatting and sharing Yacht Rock, the two of us building a collaborative uh, playlist on Spotify, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, I got to get that and put that in the show notes. Um, I'll try to do that. We'll just have to score all, all the songs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they are considering themselves the Kiwi correspondents. I guess so. Kiwi. Um, they right. listen. Remember when we did an episode called One Bar Wonders? Yeah. And this was like you hear the song and you're immediately, quote unquote, on the boat. Right. I don't know if, like, on and on was one of mine. Is that Yachty? Anyways. Yeah, I know what you're saying. They created their own, and I just thought it was cool that they did this, and they created a playlist out of it, which I will link in the show notes. Um, So let's just, they took us on a little tour here. Are you ready? Yeah, it's a little narrative. I, Mm -hmm. I like this. So go ahead. Um, so Hey 19 was one of mine and he concurs. So I'm so on board with Hey 19. The intro is like kapow and goes for the drum shuffle and oh, same goes for the drum shuffle on Skag Lowdown. So away we're sailing. So yeah. he's got So in this in this narrative he's counting them down from 10 to 1. 10 to 1. So right. they are in a specific order as well. Yep. So now we've left the marina and we're getting out into the bay. While still in shallow waters, I'd go with IGY by Don Fagan. And a lot of love. Yes, like a lot. As the wind fills our sails and we coast along, I imagine cruising past the mega mansions for a while on the Southern California coastline. And Herb Alpert's rise always takes me there. Mm. It's such an uplifting, slow disco groove. The bl- bass line is a kicker, and then that trumpet. Yes, mm-hmm. I like that. Yep, paints a good picture. Mm-hmm. Cruising along, light and breeze with... I guess it's light, light and breezy. breezy I think it's supposed to be, yeah. With tunes so easy. See, it rhymes. <laughs> Feel good from the first bars. Luther's Never Too Much. And Lou Rawls' You'll Never Find. I went back and listened to that. Um, yeah? Because I thought, wow, that is way off 
and, and it still is, but... <laughs> Closer than you would have thought. Well, at least it sounds like 1976. In my mind, it didn't sound like 1976. I hear, I was almost hearing more of a Motown sound in my head. Uh-huh. When I listened to it, at least it put it in the, in the right era. So, um, and Lou's great, so... Yeah, so we are now... And then coupled with Luther's, uh, never too much, we're kind of going into that... Uh, what do they call that... The, oh, the Quiet Storm Quiet area. Stormer. Yeah. So I hope a Quiet Storm's not brewing if they're out at sea. Right, right, right. Well, right. The sun's still out, apparently. Yeah, but as the sun gets lower in the sky, and after several cocktails, I'm tracking you, mm-hmm. it's uh, time to lay back and relax. Keep on running is so smooth. Now, do you think he means the Burn and Barnes tune, or do you think he means Doobie Brothers, It Keeps You Running? I wasn't sure which one I would one think the Burn and Barnes. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. It is smooth. Yep. And of course, the classic, I keep forgetting, both unmistakable from the beginning. Yes. So that's, uh, yeah, you wondered if he was combining Michael McDonald tunes there? Correct. All right. Yeah. You can't lose with I keep forgetting. Either one. They're both in, uh, very recognizable. So so a barmy evening is closing in. Um, is barmy a keyword? Kiwi? Unless it, balmy? I don't know. Bah. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Time to call it a day and set down with the anchor in the secluded bay. Get nice and cozy with cool nights. Ah, yes. And then reflect on the day with sailing. Oh, so suddenly the that song appears again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, that's cool. That was cool. Very nice listener, Jono, and glad that you and Richard have uh, kindled a friendship through the podcast. Yeah. Got time for another quick one? Let's do one more. Well, uh, we had a listener. Um, well, first let me open the envelope. Mail's in. All right, this one's from listener Greg, and he has requested, this probably more into the Ask Me Anything. By the way, this is listener Greg, who, if I could take you back in time, this is our number cruncher. Oh, He's the yes. resident Yatsky scale number cruncher that puts oh, together all these yes. complicated yeah, tables. Yeah, he was trying to redevelop the Yatsky scale. Yep. And to good effect, oh, I should yes, say. Oh, yes, quite. Even though it had probably a little more detailing to be done. Yes. Anyway, listener Greg said he, he uh, loved our Jerry Hay episode about horn parts, and he said his head exploded and there was shards of, what, skull all over the floor or something yep, like I'm that? I'm picking up the little fragments of my skull. <laughs> but he wanted us to maybe do a similar take and examine the concept of harmonies, vocal harmonies throughout Yacht Rock, which mm-hmm. we will definitely do. That's yeah. a great idea. I've written it in our summit notes, which is where we keep track of all of our upcoming ideas. Yep. Um, but he asked, maybe we could go through this really quickly off the top of our head. We reserve the right to change after we've studied and examined it more. But he said, what are your uh, Rushmore's of vocal harmonies? Hmm. So I kind of thought, did he mean like individual singers or like Groups. groups. Yeah. So anything, what, what comes to mind? Do you want me to run through four or do you want me to just kick out one or two? Just kick out a couple. What comes to mind? I just the jotted. Fir- I'll tell you the first two that come to mind. Yeah. Because um, we just covered it, but Ambrosia. Okay. And the reason, because, well, for one, David Pack leading the pack, pun ah. intended, um, it just, the fact that every single member of that band was contributing something right. to the vocals. Right. Which leads me to think of the next, I believe it was... Peter Beckett of Player, when he, we talked, about, when we had him on the show, he was talking about how back then everyone in the band needed to sing, yeah. and you were all getting around a microphone at the same time, and you all had to be there and hit your parts. And so that goes back to what when we cover this in an upcoming episode is the whole notion that every single member of the band needs to be a good singer, right? Uh, probably a, a learned singer, and there's no room for weak links because you're all doing the take together. You can't yeah. fix anything, right? So well, those are the first two that come to mind. Yeah, the um, 
the, actually, the first one that came to mind, obviously, is is extremely not, but it goes to your point, and that this is the Eagles. That's it, my third, it, and it goes to your point because they were discovered by Glenn Johns or whoever brought Glenn in. Um, that they didn't, they were playing in a bar. So you're not having a chance to do overdubs. You're not doing demos and stacking vocals and sending them off. You're getting people to come hear you play in a bar. And he said they weren't really playing all that well, but then they did an acapella something or other, and the vocals just blew him away, and he knew that he could fix everything else, but the vocals were the were the hook. Really? So, Interesting. Yeah, the ones that popped into my mind, I did have Ambrosia, uh-huh. and I had Player. Uh-huh. Um, Doobie Brothers oh, came to mind, sure, yeah. both prior and mm-hmm. Michael McDonald era. Mm-hmm. And then again, not very yachty, even though they do have a certified song, would be Little River Band. That, that one oh, just jumped God, off yes. for me. Well, and I, my last one, which I, I, I'm going to see if you come up with the same name. So if Jerry Hay is to horns, who is to backup vocals? Are you saying Michael McDonald? Uh, I wasn't thinking him, only because I think of him also as such a lead vocalist, but the person I'm going to say is also a lead vocalist. Well, I do have some but, individuals written down, so it'll be interesting to see what ones you're thinking of. Well, the one that came to mind immediately is we're finding more and more and more of the session work of Bill Champion. Yeah, that was the first one I wrote down, and then I wrote Michael McDonald. Yeah. Then there was interesting, there were some like pairings of guys that would always work together. So there was the Tom Kelly, Billy Steinberg combo, mm-hmm. and then Richard Page and Steve George of Pages and yep. uh, Mr. Mr. worked together a lot. So those are the ones I quickly jotted down mm-hmm. without really going in and like going through my catalog and giving full thought. Yep, so. same here. Well, let's devote a whole episode to a great idea, listener Greg. Send us, anyone, send us ideas on that topic, and we'll cover them in the, kind of, we'll combine viewer mail into that episode as well. Sounds good. So we don't miss anything. Right. Because I'm afraid we're going to miss someone. Yeah, well. All right. We've done that before, so that's okay. Well, time is up. Uh, We've got to close the viewer mailbag for now, but we'll come back to it another time. And, of course, we always get to it from time to time in an actual episode itself. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lightning round, baby. All right. Lightning round. All right. Well, we're going to use a little bit of uh, leftover mailbag information for this one. Mail's in. This is my float your boat, which ties in with um, listener Jonathan Mm. sent us uh, an email. And um, I didn't I feel I should have known this or I feel I should have recognized it. But he was asking us about uh, relationship to Ray Parker Jr. So Ray Ray Parker and his song "A Woman Needs Love," um, which I believe is is that certified. I'm almost positive. Let me look it up real quick though, because I have it here. Well, at least I don't know because it's not in the public facing uh, database. Okay. So maybe it was, but not to my knowledge. Anyway, he was hearing a direct connection between that song and New Editions. Mr. Telephone Man, which, as it turns out, was written and produced by Ray Parker Jr. So let's give that one a listen and tell me how much well, first, of... First, can we hear a little A Woman Needs Love? All right, let's uh, do that. Right. Now, here's some A uh, Woman Needs Love. A woman needs a love just like you do. 
herself into thinking that she don't. She can fool around just like you. All right, and now here is uh, Yatsky rated 41.25, Mr. Telephone Man. Some interesting personnel on that. Did you look that up? No. All right. Lay it on me. um, Guitar is Bobby Caldwell. What? Yeah. Carlos Vega on drums. Yes. And Michael and Danny Cimbello, both Cimbellos, are playing as well. Yeah. Wow. And of course, Ray's playing bass and producing and probably in the backups, I would bet, too. What about guitar? Is it all Caldwell? Or is Ray playing It didn't have Ray listed as guitar, though I can't imagine he didn't. Huh. It's amazing. I, I would have never put those two songs adjacent, but they are I never very would close. have thought of even bothering to spin any new edition thinking it might be close. Well, I didn't know Ray Parker was involved. Correct. Oh, Same. I, I won't up to you. Okay, good. Thank you to so, Jonathan. Yeah, good stuff. Woo. All right. Uh, well, that covers what? Uh, whether it floats your boat? Yeah, that was the float your boat, and it does. They both float my they boat. They both float my boat. Even though it's a 41.25, I'm going to... Hey, it's probably accurate, but I, I like it. it. Made my list. Yeah, same here. <laughs> what do you have for float maybe, your boat? Like I said, maybe we aren't qualified to answer that first question oh, yeah, that we opened the show with. Yeah, I think we should start. All there. Right. we did start there. Okay. Well, it, am I correct? I gotta believe I'm correct in assuming you are not a fan of stowaway Robert Palmer getting on the boat, at least on the USS Sirius, with uh, every kind of people. Correct. That would be correct. Okay. Are you also of the mind that, furthermore, we should banish Stowaway Palmer for getting on with, um, not played as often, but I do hear, uh, can we still be friends? His version of that, which is a Todd Rudgren tune. So I'm assuming you would also not want him on the boat for that. Uh, Yeah, that would probably be a no, Tom. Yeah. Now, what about the Wilson Brothers version? Let's hear a little of that. Ooh, that's right. We can play this game any longer. Can we still be friends? Things just can't go on like before. But can we still be friends? We had Does that make it on your well, books? Yeah. You know, that album to me is yachty through and through. But I do admit, maybe I have a preconception against that song. I do admit when that song comes on, it feels like it doesn't belong with the rest of the album Mm. to me. Well, it doesn't matter because all of that was just a Trojan horse so I could start talking about the Wilson Brothers record. Nice. (laughs) We should have started with that. I I needed to sneak on like uh, Robert Palmer did. Oh, my God. This album I went back to, it is so good. And somebody asked recently, are there whole albums that, are Yachty that you should listen to. This is one, I would say. Absolutely. Despite what you just said about Can We Still Be Friends. Here is, though, here's a song that you brought up in our Christmas episode. <laughs> um, you talk about sneaking this one yeah. aboard. Um, only because it mentions heaven, and yeah. right? So you it know. has a religious oh, connotation. I learned from you how to build a list. <laughs> yes. So this is called Thanking Heaven. I just want you to play it from the beginning to give people a sense for how Yachty this is. And play it for as long as you can before you think the uh, licensing governors are going to crack down on us. All right. From the top. Uh, no, just kidding. We can probably get away with a little more. Uh, 
That is textbook yacht rock <laughs> intro right there. The Ernie Watts flourish yeah. oh. into the intro and then it's got set that the bass scene, groove and then the groove comes in it's all some there. electric piano uh-huh. oh so <laughs> yachty so highly recommend that record yeah. so much so that i'm going to segue into a buried treasure off the same record all right because i kept spinning this nonstop all week it goes back to a question when we had rick such and eddie cabello on from inside music cast right and we posed them we stumped them with the question that you saw on facebook which is who has the best guitar clean guitar, clean guitar tone, tone right right and rick struggled he's like the impulse is to say Steve Lukather, but it's too but he, obvious. Yeah, because he probably answers that to every guitar question, <laughs> exactly. as do I. Well, Steve Lukather plays the guitar lead on every track but one, I think, on this okay. entire record, including a tune that is going on my Halloween on the Yacht playlist, Shadows. <laughs> I want you to fast forward to the 2 minute and 50 mark okay. and play this clean Lukather guitar lead as long as you can before the licensing governors come and shut you down. Ready? Here we go. Man, I hope he got paid more than session fees for that album because, in general, he played a lot of extended solos on that album, saved some of the songs. Well, and I noticed, too, is that the, the fade-outs take way too long to get there because he's doing something that they can't they, they, possibly abbreviate. Yep. <laughs> they do not want to get rid of it. So how good is that tone, though? Whew. Judging it tone-wise, right, a little of all, snappy for my... Uh, Playing-wise, it's yeah. amazing. Playing-wise, it's amazing. But it shows you that he was proficient in the clean toad modality. Absolutely. He's channeling uh, Grant Geisman on that. That was just a killer. <laughs> killer. All right, what do you have for Buried Treasure? Uh, well, this one has one of the great uh, clean guitar players of all time in it. Ooh. So this is... I'm going back to the origins of our Buried Treasures, which was either a album track on somebody that's well-known or a track from somebody who's lesser-known but is definitely of Yachty goodness. So check out the personnel here. Neil Steubenhaus on bass, Jeff Percaro on drums, as I said, Paul Jackson Jr., one of the great mm. clean guitar tones, and Steve Kahn on guitars, uh, Polina DaCosta, Tom Scott, and, of course, Richard Page and Steve George because this is a Pages song. Mm. From 1981, I'd want to recommend people... Add Come On Home to their list. Yeah, another one of those albums you could play, Yachty Goodness, top to bottom. All three of the Pages records are pretty consistent in that regard. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to sort of uh, take that segue, both in terms of a very Yachty album, or at least a very enjoyable album, because I'm going off the map. Okay. All well, right. that's where we are now. Right. It's off the map. So this is the band Night Flight. Oh, yeah. So their debut album, self-titled is so, 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 so good. I, now, they're technically a funk band, I would yeah. guess. They're kind of yeah. R&B, but this goes back to that question. Are you At what point do you cross over from being so R&B-infused yacht rock that you're just R&B or funk? 
I don't know where that is. I understand why they're so connected. This though, album, I think, I, straddles the line okay. because it's funky through yeah. and through, and then it's kind of yachty. So the song I want to play... I would say slap bass and popping uh, as a central part of a song is an immediate no-go for Yacht Rock. Okay, but there's not a ton of that on oh, this. okay. There's some of it, but most of it is just uh, outstanding, like, finger, uh, you yeah. know, typical bass playing. Gotcha. But... Well, check out this tune, all right? So this is, first of all, check out the whole album. Uh, I think it's 1979. Here's Night Flight with a tune called If You Want It. So you know how you just mentioned how it's so bass forward on that Pages tune, you know, yeah, right. the bass player? And we talked about that on the City Pop uh, episode we did last week about how they seem to really bring the bass forward and it kind of drives the tune. Yeah, and it's more aggressively played, I've thought. And that's yeah. what you get on this album. Absolutely. And it's really good. But that because of that, I start to feel like it's too much more funk than it is Yachty. Yeah, I remember my first response when you sent that. I thought it had elements of Earth, Wind & Fire meets Tavares. Because I hear those yeah. like group unisons. In falsetto, singing those choruses, that reminds me a lot of the way Tavares was, and then some of the groovy stuff was a little more Earth, Wind & Fire-ish. But to me, that song in particular is so, also so yachty. Like, I would put that well onto the boat, and going back to taking it all the way back to the beginning, the song is not on the boat. It's rate, It's rated. Is it? It's, yep. It's okay, 40. Let me, oh, okay. Oh, now gonna, you know it's in the 40s. I was going to say 41. So It's 47.25. Oh, so it's really close. I'd put it at 57.25. I'd put it safely aboard. Myself. Okay. Uh, but anyway, check out that whole record. It's in the arguable range, because supposedly above 40 is arguable. Yeah. This is how technical Well, in my gets. mind, Hunter wins the argument because he's got it at 50. He's okay. the only one. Ah, all right. Anyway, I put that in Facebook, and a uh, listener, uh, I can't remember who it was, said, this is not on the boat. Yeah. All right. Well, that's viewer mail. So you well, got any more sound effects you want to hit? Um, how about my off-the-map suggestion? Can I do that? Oh, no. We've run out of time. Sorry. Okay. Ahoy, pull. Go ahead. Uh, I forgot we hadn't done yours yet. Yeah. Go for it. I know. Right. Well, I mean, this is probably really predictable, um, but it, it's worth mentioning, and- I guess it's off the map because it came from 2022. In fact, it came from two weeks ago, I think. But you gotta, you gotta have some young gun silver fox in your queue every uh, now and again. And their new single, West Side Jet, is a banger. Love it. Now, I love that song. So going back again to the thing that we opened the show with, that piece of mail. Yeah. I don't consider that modern yacht rock. I just consider no, it modern it, West Coast. Yeah, because it starts with the strumming acoustic guitar. You get mm. further into it, it starts to feel a little yachtier when you get to the courses. But I don't think it's intended to be yacht rock. It's definitely just West Coast yeah. AOR. And they've sort of found their sound that isn't, to me, so much like, hey, we're trying to do modern yacht rock. It's like, this is our sound. You'll hear an element to the past. But to me, it's not like an overt homage or a copy or anything like that. 100% agree with that. Yeah, but it's good stuff. So good selection. Now, would you like to conclude the program? Ahoy, ploy. Oh, 